This is the Grandastic Podcast. All right. All right. Here we are. Fantastic. But going on what we were saying, I just appreciate I saw you like the Instagram photo. And after I did the first one with London, I was like, John would just be perfect to have next, you know, yeah. um, just to have this conversation. And um, and here we are on Grandastic. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. Um, sorry, I'm still setting all this stuff up, but no worries. Yeah, like, like. I uh I listened to a few minutes of the London one and I was like, all right, I gotta I got I gotta get on this. Yeah, man. It it was yeah, I mean, I appreciate like London just being, you know, honest and just open with everything he's talking about and just being real, you know, just talking real stuff and it's great. Yeah. That's the whole point of this podcast, is just, you know, being real and open and just like following your dreams and don't listen to the haters. Wait, can you can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Cool. Um, hold on. Yeah, no worries. Two more seconds. Oh, actually, I feel like I should be. Am I? Can you hear me clearly? Yeah, I hear you perfectly. Cool. Cool. All right. Here we are. Fantastic. Here with John Waltz, the one and only legendary. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And that's the thing, like with London, like I going back to, I think maybe 2015, um, I've been listening to you since high school, you know, going back to Skizzy Mars era, even Dutch boy era when you did the song Difference or, you know, I mean, wow. down or drinking dance, you know, I'm talking all the way back you know highway <laughs> to hell like all those songs yo, that i didn't even know it went that far back because like yo like like legit like that's like when i was like a teenager like in high school like just like creating shit you know yeah so it's it's been a long minute doing this you know and um it's uh it's great to just um have you on here and just talk to you about this stuff, you know, just because like the reason why I started, even though I started this podcast, I was making music and we send emails a while back and stuff, but like you and Skizzy and London were the reason why I wanted to make music because the creativity and the sounds and the melodies that you guys were creating and the lyrics too, it's just, it was just fun. And not to say music isn't like that today, but stuff has changed and, I just appreciate what back then what everything was like. Yeah, like like it's weird because like I don't know how old you are, but I'm I'm 25. Um, okay, and personally, like it, it it's felt like you know when you're like 16 to like 20, even like there's a different aura about just creating because uh, it's like before the world, kind of like like beat judgment into you you know uh yeah so like it definitely the the relationship changes as you grow older because you start looking at it your relationship i don't know with music or just anything you have fun doing changes you know i feel that i'm 21 i'm about to graduate college and like i want to do music 
but you know, we're in a pandemic and the work and everything, no one's really hiring for like our engineers or anything like that or internships. So it definitely, uh, changed the perspective when you're a teenager and like you have like some part-time job and, but you're still under the roof of your parents. So you, you don't have to worry about bills and stuff at that time. So <laughs> I, I get that. I know the stress and like, you know, talking with London about like when the, you know, um, I don't know what the word I was looking for, but just uh, when the like electricity bill, the plumber bill comes around, just asking this grant here, I tell my roommates, just tell them, no, like I'm not here. Give me another week or so. And then I'll try to pay for it and stuff. So yeah, definitely, definitely been there before. Cause like, I don't know, man, I was just talking uh, with my mom about this. Cause like, I'm, I'm like, how does nobody teach you like financial literacy? Like yeah. in school, like I went to business school. Like I got a degree in finance and like, even then, like they don't teach you that, which is no, crazy. Yeah. And I think, I think, and I was just having this conversation with just other friends of mine. It's just like how the education system, it needs to be restructured and like, for sure, like going back just for elementary schools and like high schools and then even college. I feel like out of my whole four years, the last year was like this year has been useful because I'm learning the stuff I actually want. I'm learning about wavelengths. I'm learning about how sound does this and that and um, why certain, you know, uh, octaves work and stuff like that and different strings tuned. And I feel like this is the stuff I've been wanting to learn. And then all this other bullshit I've been learning, you know, your uh, jet edge, as you call them for freshman and sophomore year, I just feels like it's a waste and I'm going out of state. So that shit's like costing me a fortune or my family a fortune. And um, I think we need to like, restructure the system and uh also bring more arts into it i was like i'm doing a report on how i feel at least at u of a university of arizona is that they give more attention to the business school like eller and that's fine they have connections but the art students you know where's our connections or where how do you help us i feel like arts lack in society and we need to help you know promote more of it and help them grow for kids yeah for sure. Like, I definitely feel like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like, I feel like just the way even arts are valued in economic sense, it just feels disproportionate compared mm-hmm. to like every other business. Um, and like, I feel like I even like watching Shark Tank where like Mark Cuban, like the, the one thing he always says about music is like, I will never invest in music. Music is the hardest market to make it in, you know, because like, because like, and I feel like that even extends to all art because it's the one, the one form of entertainment where you're selling your likeness or yourself. So there's, there's a different value associated with it. Um, And I feel like it's not properly valued right now, but like artists don't get paid enough. Um. And I don't know, I, I could go into the- No, no, this is what the Grantastic podcast is all about. Like, there's no time <laughs> limit. Like, if, preach whatever you want. That The whole point is for us, whoever watches this um, can learn from something. You know, yeah. here, that's the whole point. I'm learning when you tell me stuff. You're learning when I tell you stuff. That's the whole point of this podcast. So we can all learn together. For sure, so, man. Yeah. So yeah, but go it, ahead, get into it. I'm, I'm, I'm down for it, you know? Yeah, well-, well Cause I'll say this, like, like 
because I'm I'm into a lot of different things. Like music isn't the only thing that I might love a lot, but like it's the one thing that I keep going back to just in life. Um, and I just feel like in, in my experience with it, like it it feels like very disproportionately valued to every other market sector out there. Like hundred percent. Like I, I don't know, man, and it, and it's. It's definitely, it can be demoralizing even just going into like record labels and, you know, them giving you a runaround and yeah. and talking to you about, you know, we think you can do this, but maybe if you do it like this, like you'll do it a little, like you'll have better results. And like, yeah, it, it's a, it's a weird, it, it's definitely like a huge, like mind fuck. Cause, no, 100%. Uh, yeah. Like it's, it's just. I, I feel know, like they, I feel weird. like they take away your creativity when they sign you and stuff per se, you know, stuff changes. And also just, I don't know. I think, you know, not to jump subjects, but like you're saying how tough it is, you know, I was just trying to figure out like streaming wise, how much you make, like, I think 2 million or a million stream to make $2,000 on Spotify and stuff. I mean, like, if you're living in Tucson, Arizona, you're you're solid. But if you're living in California, that's like only for rent or something ridiculous for some food or gas. Right. So it's not it's it's all fuck the prices and the, the like the dedication and long hours you and that engineer are just spending in the studio to make that one song perfect. But then the numbers of how much money you're getting back, you know, if you're trying to do this in, for a job, it's it's ruthless. Yeah, and like like honestly, like I've I've thought about making just like a blank Excel spreadsheet just to like help people figure out their finances um, and just like how to navigate because like nobody, once again, nobody teaches you that like an artist is a business. You are a business with employees if you're an artist because you have somebody that makes your cover art. If you're not doing it yourself, you have somebody mixing your music, making your beats. if you if you go down the rabbit hole long enough, like you get marketing budgets, uh, PR, like all that stuff, yeah. and nobody really, nobody really lays it out for you and it's like, all right, like, like this is how much money you are going to make from doing this, this, and this, um, and this is how we recoup this and make it back. Like nobody explains this type of shit to you, like when you start out. Or even going along, like nobody explains this shit to you. Nobody explains to you what a master is, yeah. what composition is, and yeah. the type of royalties these generate, and how you can collect these royalties. Like all these different things, like nobody tells you about. You just kind of gotta like hope you run into somebody that either knows how it works off rip, or like you can do the research yourself and yeah kind of lead yourself in the right direction you know i think you made a huge like point about that like the whole yeah. there's no one to go ahead I, I was gonna say even even with the like the asia like like i feel like it, it's opened up a whole new discussion about mm-hmm. uh like what is a master and why is that shit so important and uh, to be real with you like this was information that like I didn't fully, I still don't fully understand it, but I didn't understand even on a like comprehensible level. And so like maybe like two years ago. Um, and I think the majority of artists have no idea. Like they just kind of collect their, their money and like, yeah, 
question where it comes from or if they're collecting the right amount or anything like that. Definitely. And when you mean master, you're talking about the master track owning like the, so like like how let's say for example, Michael Jackson took Paul McCartney's or the Beatles master tracks. You're talking how he per se like that, you know, how he took all that money and no one understood how he got that, you know, owning your master tracks. Right. Um, and why labels want your master so badly yeah. over the composition either, because the master is kind of like the thing that like, like that is the, the main source of how to yeah. generate income from music. No. Yeah. I think it's something important uh, to like, I think, I think there needs to be like a school or something to like explain all this as we're talking about, because I same, I didn't learn any of this. You know, I only, I learned this from two people, you two, my whole life. It's like, you know, searching keywords or stuff right. or from my like internship with my boss at school, you know, explaining to me how audio engineering works, you know, mixing and mastering. And when you go into these companies, this is what you need to do. And these are the questions and look at these type of documents when you're about to sign something or whatever there's, it's like, I feel like the music has just, it's just, as you said, it's more of a business. Like the creative part is only like 30% of it. And then the rest of it's all like negotiating, you know, this who and who's on the t a picture or title or whatever and promoting wise. Yeah. And like, it, it, it like, I feel like once you bring that into the equation, like it, it's on one end, like it's good to be in the dark. Some not, it's not good to be in the dark, but like, it, it's mm -hmm. like, it can help you create, you know, without like, without like worrying about like everything outside of creating. Yeah. Um, but like, it's like, it, it feels weird even collaborating with people. Cause it's like, this is, this is a, at the end of the day, like, no matter how you put it, like, this is a, a business relationship we've established once we do a song so like now we got to talk about masters and now we got to talk about you know yeah. like all these all these different things that like had i been like 18 19 20 like probably wouldn't even thought about like yeah like i i remember even doing songs with people because like you know like i was making music back when cool boy i'm sounding old but I, I was making music back when like soundcloud was super popping oh like, yeah didn't generate royalties back then. Mm -hmm. uh, so like you didn't really understand like the mechanics of like how this shit worked. Like it was very like straightforward. Like I want to do a song with you, like send me your verse, let's drop it tonight. Yeah. Versus like, all right, like I got to send you a split sheet and we got to agree on what, what percentage you going to own and uh, like, all this extra stuff, you know? A hundred percent. And especially when you do songs with your friends and stuff and you, you have to start bringing on the business side of it. It gets, I don't want to say it's awkward. I mean, I guess it's a little awkward, but like, this is just part of it. You know, you got to make your ends meet, you know, paying rent and stuff. So there's no hard feelings or anything, but listen, this is like, we got to do that. If we're going to make a song to get understanding, like you said, the split sheet is going to come and like no hard feelings, wherever the royalties or whatever it is. Right. And like, I, I don't know, like it definitely creates like strange dynamics with, artists or artist teams um because like it's like obviously like i don't want this to affect like any friendship that i have with anybody 
but at the same time, like, uh, even, even like anybody signed to a major label, like, like Beyonce, like, like Beyonce for all intents and purposes is a company with hundreds of employees, you know, mm-hmm. like, and like, you got to realize that like, even though it, it's such a, it's such a strange, such a like strange space to work in because like, even though like it's very personal, it's very intimate, like music is an intimate thing. Like at the same time, like, and, and it's you. So like, of course, like you're going to feel like a, a heavy attachment to it. Um, but like, it's like at the same time, like, like it, it's so strange to navigate through like, like, all right, like, I have a regular relationship with you and then a business relationship with you. It's weird. Like yeah. that shit only gets more complicated as you as you maneuver through it more. Yeah, when you get more into the music, I I totally agree with you. It, things change, especially when you get older, you know, like as we were saying in yeah. the beginning, everything starts to change and like I did music because I was inspired by you guys and also, it was a way for me to express my feelings. You know, that's the that was the major reason because you know I wasn't. I'm not the best with my words, you know, here and there. But with cor- but with the chord progressions, when I play, let's say C major seven or something like that, like those pretty chords, I yeah. just I just feel it and I feel the groove and just like everything that's happening in this music. Or like you got let's say the percussions going in the piano, then the bass thumping, and it's like. Like to me, you just express my whole idea. It, it's just truly beautiful versus my words and stuff. But when you get older and you still try to do it like that, it kind of is hard because you express all this feeling and you have this passion for the song. And then the label just rips it from you. And you just feel like I just made this like with my whole heart. And then you just fucked me over. And it's just like, fuck you guys. Like, what the hell? And you just, it's just creates this anger. Yeah. And, and like, it's so strange because like I've definitely had like like deals I've done with people where like I was really like emotionally invested in the song and they're mm-hmm. like, all right, like this ain't it. Like you're gonna have to come back with something else, man. Cause like this yeah. is not gonna be what we can because at the same time, like if you're working with, you know, like a distributor or like a certain team of people, like they have to be able to go into a room and sell it as best as they can. And what makes it easy for them to sell it is their own enthusiasm with the song, you know? So like <laughs> if it if it's something that you're enthusiastic about, but they're not, and they can't go into a room and and be honest when they're telling people like this is the hottest shit ever, like you're gonna regret it if you don't support this. Like, like it kind of it makes their and I empathize with it because it makes their job a lot harder. <laughs> but like it, it's it's just like a strange like like you have to have a like you start developing a a more broad sense of like emotional depth because like you can't really get married to any of the songs that you have or any of the ideas that you have you kind of just like like you can love them and at the end of the day you make them for yourself so you got to remember that but uh like that might not be what your people are looking for yeah I think that was a great way how you put it. You can't like, like in a marriage way, I could understand that. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent. So yeah, like it's, it's very much so like, like, all right, like we got to find the one where it overlaps where I'm enthusiastic about it. And you are too, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, this is a, 
is a partnership with whoever, even if you're completely independent, you're going to be working with a team of people who pitch your music to somebody, you know? Definitely. And I guess with talking about independent labels and stuff, are you independent right now or are you signed with labels? Are you signed with a label? Yeah, I'm independent. Um, And honestly, like, I feel like, like, I wish I took a couple deals back when they were presented to me. Uh, but I also like, I've noticed that like every, every like opportunity that I've gotten hasn't been because of like a relationship with like an A&R or something. Like it's been like me having my own relationships with artists that are signed to labels instead of like mm-hmm. labels, uh, labels or that artist A&R like reaches out to somebody and you just happen to be the name that they pick out of a hat. Like, it's usually like the artist, like being like, all right, well, maybe, maybe John could write this hook or like write this verse or like, like shit like that. Um, versus like, you know, like having a relationship with the A&R. Um, so I feel like it, it's important for artists to be able to establish those relationships outside of like, like, industry people uh, just because like it'll it'll streamline the process and you have a direct line to whoever you're talking to you know yeah and i feel i don't know i feel like having those negotiations with labels they can definitely help especially with spotify yeah it's just realizing you know just making music with people it's great and all but the goal is like you try to get on these spotify playlists because that's how you're going to start uh, making those numbers you you understand and it's like you know, you have your little fans that, you know, who find you or whatever, follow you, but it's not going to help you until you get onto like Lorem, Spotify, or like for indie music or any of those other ones. And it's just like, yeah, it's weird, man. Cause it's like, it's like, like that shit, like really like shouldn't matter. Like, yeah. and like, I hate the fact that like, like artists, like, like it's kind of set up now where like, if you're on those, like, Spotify appreciates it more of you shout shout them out or like drive people to the playlist when it's like you're you're the reason that it exists. Mm-hmm. So like it, it's a weird give and take relationship now. And like personally, like because I, I go back to even 20, 2012, 2011, 2013, 2014, where like it was all SoundCloud if you were an up-and-coming artist. Um and that wasn't it was blogs that was this is like the new blogs i guess um where like it's like maybe 30 or 40 people at at spotify and apple dictate what they think is culturally relevant and it it, it feels it feels like very like political so like yeah like i don't know like this shit is just like it's weird and like I, I think I think there's there's a better way for all this stuff to be set up. I don't know what it is. Um and I, I think to to give Spotify a little credit, I do think they tried to with uh with like the personalized playlists. Mm-hmm. Um but like it's like still it's like all right, like even then, like if you have somebody on your team that has a relationship with so-and-so at Spotify, like, you got a better chance of being playlisted than, like, Joe Blow, who's just like, 
Mm-hmm. It was just like pitching it through uh, Spotify for artists or something, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think there is like, it is political in that aspect. And I think you make a good point. And it sucks how you mentioned about how they're looking for what's relevant in songs, you know, and like what everyone's going to listen to. And I don't know. I, I, I hate that because for me, I like to make whatever the fuck I'm feeling right now. Um, you know, I don't want to make the the same 4-4 four, four measure, you know, beat that you hear every other artist doing. I want to be creative and maybe do, I don't know. I don't want to give some random number, time signature, but something random and maybe yeah. throw a fucking classical indie music, you know, the sitar or um, right. something so random or a harp or whatever. I want to get so experimental with my music or any music for any artist that we shouldn't have to follow these rules to, in order to be huge or whatever. You should do what you want to do and make the music you like. Yeah, and, 100%. And I think people should not forget that because I think, I know there was a time when I was just like making music. I was really, you know, caught up in like trying to get the playlist and everything. And I was just like, okay, listening to these songs that are on the playlist, let's see if we can make something like it. But I just started hating music. I yeah. just didn't want to make any music. I was like, fuck this, because this is not what Grant wants to do. Yeah, for sure. Could definitely relate to that because I felt like when I got on my first little run of playlists, like, like it felt good because like you're you're getting streams and like you're getting you're you're being put on a larger platform so people can enjoy your music but at the same time like as a human being like you kind of gotta understand your self-worth and that like all right even if you got on xyz playlist like that shit is not gonna make or break you you just gotta keep keep doing what feels good to you yes. and then like if it overlaps with somebody else's taste that works at Spotify that wants to, you know, put you in that playlist, good for you. But if it doesn't, like, it doesn't mean your shit is trash or anything. It just means you gotta, you gotta keep following your intuition in that sense. Cause sometimes like people are looking at, once again, like this is also another issue with it. Like people are looking at data and retention rates and mm-hmm. all these, like all these factors about music. And it's like, yo like like let's take all of this away like does this shit feel good if the answer is yes then like let's not worry about it too much and see how it does you know mm-hmm. agree i think i think you make an excellent point on that and i just i just want people to realize you know especially just from this podcast that you know stick with your gut you know, right. no matter what, that's the one thing you, if you don't know, don't remember anything from this podcast, remember to stick with your gut. Right. Good goal and key here. Yo, that is like, honestly, like the biggest like thing I've had to tell myself in the past few years. Cause like, I feel like I've definitely seen artists just like get rich, like real life rich. Mm-hmm. And like, and like instead of chasing trends, they just kept creating like the the shit that they like to make. And then yeah. like over time, like, you know, that one really like enthusiastic fan turns 10 people into fans. And then those 10 people turn 100 people into fans. And then yeah. like it starts becoming like this whole family unit of people. And like, like that's what happens when you trust your gut and like you're like, I believe in this so much. So like 
I'm willing to put whatever time and effort in to make sure that like these people feel it on the same level that I feel mm-hmm. uh, versus like, you know, like I want to make something like this artist who has yeah, all these strings. Like selling out, you know, like a sellout, yeah. I feel like you just because, and like, I think that's, that's like the goal. I, I assume for most artists, you know, be organic, you know, sticking for your fans, like being day one and just keeping the same music you've been making and not selling out to the labels or anything, you know, always keeping that what makes you John or what makes me grand or whoever, you know, we still keep making that the same type of music from day one. Cause there's some artists I see, like, um, I won't say names, but like they going way back with the music they made, uh, I loved it. But then when they got a little bit bigger and then when they signed, something shift, the sound shift, the lyrics shift. It sounds like one of your same pop tunes you would hear on the radio. And I was just like, oh, man, this sucks. Like, yeah, because it's like and it's like I don't even I I can't even knock some of those people sometimes because like I understand like you get I, I, I understand that people get that pressure and it's like, all right, I feel that pressure. So like now I signed a deal. I got to recoup that, that shit, you know, like I got yeah. to get this money back and I got to get it back as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, but like at the same time, I feel like you got to understand that like you got signed for a reason mm-hmm. and those in- individualistic traits that only you have are the reason they signed you. So like if you make something that feels good to you, then like, that just keep doing that over and over again versus like trying to make something that sounds like something else that popped off a few weeks ago. Cause you know, there's only, there's only one of whatever artists that's super hot and like making something derivative of that, like at the end of the day, like isn't going to be as impressive as the original. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I agree. And I think another thing about like keeping it organic is, you know, and I've just been realizing this more and more is the connections you make with people, you know, um, just the organic, like, let's say, I don't know, let's just take, okay, let's take Trevor Daniel. You know, I knew like going back with Trevor, me and him talked and stuff and, you know, making music and he got that connection with Taz Taylor. And now look at him, he's huge. And I'm so fucking happy for him because he's doing it now. And I think if you just get your one break, you know, even even still doing the organic stuff, you're still making your music what you want, but that connection, then you get away from that. I don't know, maybe there was bullshit with our RAs or anything. I don't know about any of that, but like you're still, you got there now. You made it just through a connection. I think another aspect of it is finding the connections with people and just like making the music. But of course, you're going to have to do the split sheet, but you know. Right. And, and like, I feel like that's a huge point because like once you find that one a and r manager that's like i will take a bullet for this artist like you cannot tell me that this artist is not hot like i literally will not take no for an answer like Mm -hmm. that type of manager like the person that will like like literally like like he'd ride or die for you like right like once you find like that person for you like you gotta hold them close and and you know just follow with that because like that type of you can't fake that type of thing, you know, mm-hmm. like it's like you can you can kind of smell bullshit like as it comes through the room. You no, know? mm-hmm. exactly. I think you can. I think there's definitely uh, a difference if we could tell people who 
or maybe I don't know everyone's like this, but at least I feel like people I'm around with can tell like you could tell when someone's actually truly genuinely actually mean it versus someone who's just a snake and just trying to get weasel you and trying to make a quick few bucks off you because they see that whatever. Right. Because like, like there's some people that look at stat sheets when they're trying to sign people and then people that are they just know that they're going to be able to figure out you know, how to, how to get this artist to reach, you know, their maximum potential or yeah. uh, to follow through on their maximum potential. So like, I feel like if, if you are a manager or just somebody on a team with an artist with that mindset, it'll take you a lot further because like, like that infects just like, like childlike excitement about something is like, like, the older you get, the more rare it is. And like when people see that and they feel it, like they want to follow it, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I guess is right now in your stage of music and everything, is the goal for you, or I guess what is the goal for you right now? Is it trying to get signed or is it still doing the manage, you know, independence or where's, where's your mindset right now? Yeah, like I think my mindset is to drop as frequently as I can first mm -hmm. develop a relationship with maybe like five, 10 artists that I write for mm -hmm. um, and, and then get like a few more placements on stuff. Yeah. Um, and then once I feel like, cause also I feel like the, the thing about signing too is like, I feel like no artist should sign a deal if you don't have something that's self-sustaining. Like if you don't have something that can be amplified or you're missing a piece in order for your your brand or your business or whatever you want to call it um, to be like, all right, like I could do this without y'all. But like if I have y'all, we could just do it 10 times, five times bigger, you know? Yeah. Like if you don't have that off rip, I don't think you should sign because anybody, if you, you're not going to get like the same team or the same passion with the people that you build with if they just bring in four or five people out the blue that like there's no bond there's right. no connection right you know um, so i feel like i, I want to build up like enough singles to where like the fan base is there like and i have the artist relationships that i want to have um and then like i'm not too worried about recouping a deal because mm -hmm. i know i'll make it back realistically within like a year or two you know yeah and i think it's great to hear like well two things one you know taking a logic standpoint because i think some i don't know not all artists but i know i was at one point just thinking of making the music not even thinking logically about the placement money or anything so it's great to hear that and second of all you making music because i know there was a point where you were making music and then stopped for a while but you were working on the craft and everything and I appreciate hearing, you know, reading about yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, like it, it's weird. Cause like, I feel like I definitely like, I think maybe when I was 21, like 22, 23, like I was just like, I don't even like want to do this. Like, it's just like, I've been doing it for so long that like, it feels like I have to now, like I'm letting people down if I don't continue to create and like, just like that level of anxiety around it, like, which yeah. is like, once again, one of these larger conversations we have just because like, 
I feel like our generation is more prone to like feelings of like loneliness or anxiety. Oh, a hundred percent. The whole like the mental health is like has it's jumped crazy. so yeah. high. There's like some documentary on Netflix about like these tech guys in Silicon Valley, how like they don't even let their kids use. Uh, yeah, uh, I just saw that. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I forget the name. It's a social dilemma or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. It's crazy how like I don't even let my kids and I'm just like, well, that's fucked how they're letting everyone else use it. But we're out here and like and they're not letting their kids use it. And it's just like it really is and, like how they time you, see how long you're on Instagram and then keep with that. It's all it's all oh, it's fucking crazy. Like it's fucking crazy. Like, yeah, like like and like it goes to the point about algorithms and all this shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, like like. We have had like people literally reprogramming our brains and like fucking with us. Like yeah. it's the craziest shit ever. Like, like, and and everybody that is my age or even anybody that's like mid thirties or younger, even like mm-hmm. or like you started out with MySpace, then you have Facebook, yeah. and then you got Twitter, and you got Instagram, like Snapchat, whatever, like all these things kind of like started amplifying like our feelings of like loneliness or like, like, I, I feel like, like I had to teach myself how to talk to people again. Cause like yeah. having real conversations with people became like, like way less frequent. Like, nope. and it's like a weird, yeah, it's like a weird mindset to be in, you know? I love that we're having this conversation because I have this conversation with so many people Bro, about this. Yo, and, like, and it's great just to talk to someone, you know, to meet, we're finally talking and just like we're on this. And it's great to just someone who is on the same wavelength and mindset about this because it is a huge thing. I think we need to talk about how social media is fucking up with, you know, our communication, especially with having a pandemic now. And that's the only way to talk to people. Like I have younger siblings and, you know, the, their whole generation is about just like, texting not even facetiming and they're just and i'm just like they're just starting to like talk to boys and girls and all that shit and i'm just like why don't you just call them on the phone or facetime them it's like that's weird i'm like and texting isn't weird like what the fuck like it just yo and it's crazy because like one text conversation over like the span of like a week is like a 20 minute phone call Mm-hmm. like it's like absurd and like i feel like i'm sounding like an old head like no i feel like this but like it's like like real shit, like, like I feel bad for like anybody that like is starting to be a teenager or like, yeah, you know, like, like the super young people out there. Cause it's like, like you got to navigate through like some crazy shit that like people 20, 30 years older than you created that don't know how to fully stop it now, you know? Yeah. You got to like, like pretty much discipline yourself. And it's hard at a young age because we're just kind of like, dog, I have all my notifications off for everything. Cause like, I'm like, I'll check it when I want to check it, but like, I don't want to like be mindlessly scrolling through some shit just to like look for some shit, you know? A hundred percent. I mean, that's where I'm at now as well. I, well, at first I deleted uh, Instagram and all that stuff, but then I realized like, well, shit, I have to promote it somehow. So you kind of need it. So then I realized, like you said, just turn off the notifications, you know, like just when you need to go on, post your thing and then if someone right, replies yeah. yeah and then log yeah. off and i think it's for me it's a lot it's been healthier mentally and like physically like 
you know, I'm outside, I'm enjoying the day, I'm talking to people. Like, it's just like how it used to be when I was younger, you know, when I didn't really have a phone. And I think it's important for younger generations to start doing that because even in that show, The Dilemma or whatever, you saw the girl, they put the, the mother puts the phone in the cookie jar and she literally takes a fucking hammer to smack. Uh, yeah. And I'm it's just so like, crazy. and I was watching that with my mom and I was just like, what the fuck? And she's like, it's weird, man. I'm just like, yeah, it's weird. Like, what is happening with the world? Yo, also, it just reminded me of this. Like, wasn't, what was the dude's name? Like, Max or something? But oh. like, wasn't he the kid from Everybody Hates Chris? Yeah. Am I tripping? That's yeah. the same dude? Yeah. Yo, that's yeah. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because that was so, like, yo, like, this dude looks so, so familiar. familiar. Yes. The guy <laughs> with the phone. Yeah. Yes. I thought I knew him somewhere, but you you met, yes, from Everybody Hates Chris. Yo, that's, because I, like, I was like, yo, like, maybe, maybe he's, like, too old for the, like, because, like, no, I remember him. him. Yeah, that's crazy. Bro, yeah. <laughs> like, that was so random to see him in the whatever. Like, it was kind of cool how they had, like, they're talking about it, but at the same time, they have, like, a scene to explain it. But yeah. then, of all people having, you know, the guy from Everybody Hates Chris in there. <laughs> and like, it's just like, what the fuck? But, you know, so it's random. great. If any, if you all haven't seen it, go watch The Social Dilemma. We're, we're doing like, I guess, some free promotion here. Fuck it, whatever. You know, it's a re- it's really inspiring. And it's yeah, like, it's just like, it like makes you like have that like conversation or like self-dialogue where you're like, all right, like, like everything that I thought about social media, like, might be kind of true like it gives you a little more insight on it um just because mm-hmm. like it, it like digs deeper and like gives you a few metaphors on how to like contextualize like what, what it's doing to you i guess no yeah and without, I think, without sounding too much like a conspiracy theorist no yeah of course and i think i think the bottom line is is it's important to really truly live in the moment and i've been struggling with that my whole life because I, I say it but like I, it wasn't actually really because I would still think about, I would worry about the future or this and that or people. But, but now I'm at like, I know I'm 21 and like, I'm not old, you know, everyone. I'm still young, but I feel like an old spirit or whatever, old soul that I, I'm realizing now it's important to really live in the moment. Just focus on right now. Right, right. now, we're having this podcast. That's it. Not going to worry about what's due, what I have to do, whatever, because building this anxiety in our head it just stresses us out and it tires us and we we i don't know if the words depression maybe it's just like i don't know i i because depression that's a thing but i don't know what this feeling is i think it's i don't know you're just feeling sad or whatever it's just tiring yeah like like i uh i started doing therapy um a few years ago just to like kind of like re re-teach or just like I guess maybe contextualize my relationship with myself because like I remember like when I was like you know 2021 like having these like feelings of like I can't go to a restaurant a crowded restaurant I'm like too anxious to do that now like I can't I can't I can't go to any place that has a certain amount of people because like my heart rate starts going up and like, I'm like, I'm like nervous, but I'm like, why am I nervous? Cause like, this was not happening to me five years ago. So like, what is the difference between then and now? And it's like, it's that little, that little voice in your head or like that Mm -hmm. little thing that makes you feel like, like I shouldn't be here. Like, like don't walk in there, man. Don't do it. But it's like, 
Yeah. It's like, it's, it's not as serious as you think it is. And like, like but everybody's you. I mean, I mean, yeah. it's good. It's good that you're taking initiative. And I think therapy is a beautiful thing. You know, I did it. It helped me when I was confused and lost and I didn't feel like I had nowhere to go or answers and stuff. So I think, I think therapy, and I feel like a lot of kids, especially younger age are going to therapy now because they are, they don't know how to express this and they don't they feel like they can't sue their families or their friends. So parents are just hiring therapists to take to the kids and that's not a bad thing at all but it's uh it's definitely different from our parents generation they didn't go to therapy at all yo and like even like taking a step further like like minorities like mm-hmm. man like i'll be talking to this about like with a lot of like 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 my black friends where it's like yo like like we kind of like never stood a chance about this because like it's like the the dynamics of of even even medicines and like like African American like relations with like healthcare and stuff like this is like so distrustful and like it's like the mentality kind of feels like you gotta you just gotta figure it out and it's like it's not as as uh, this or that as like it seems you know it's not like you either do this or that it's like kind of got to open up these these conversations and like talk about it you know 100 percent. i think i think that's actually an important part you're bringing about minorities and like how they need to talk about it because i think the only person you see like look at kanye kanye talks about it on twitter and like how he's doing he's the only one at least for me who i've seen about it and i think and people are like saying no one wants to hear this from kanye but it's like kanye's just expressing himself it's just a way and outlet i mean i understand if you don't want to hear it but like if it's a way for him to express himself, express yourself because it's better to express yourself and get it out than bottling it up because that shit can go take you to a deep and dark place. Yeah, and like the thing with Ye is like it's weird because like half the time, like, all right, you you are making a point, but like the way it's coming out, yeah, it's just like you're not really thinking about how you're articulating your point. Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't come out all the way right, and then like like obviously, like I don't know if you saw, but like the Big Sean thing where he was like his advance was like 15k. And yeah, like, I kind of saw. I read about a little bit from Complex about that. Yeah, and it's like, all right, like like this is a whole another dialogue where like we got to talk about all these larger artists signing people um, to their labels where like you have no chance of survival. You sign four album deals with a two album option, like. Like you, you stuck for the next decade with this label, whether you like it or not. And yeah. like, you, it might be a million dollar deal, but your advance is small. Your recording budget, all that extra stuff, like, is not going to stretch out that long. You know? Yeah, that's why I think the key, like, you get a, get a solid entertainment lawyer. You know, someone for who sure. like like. I mean, shout out to managers and everything, but like if you get that solid entertainment lawyer who knows how to negotiate and reads that fine print solid word for word, I think that's that's like huge. That saves the artist from multiple conversations or arguments or whatever you have to or the dreadful whatever being in the shitty deal. And you're like, you just want to retaliate. It's like, fuck this. I'm not going to do anything or whatever. Yeah. And like, like. I think the other thing too is like, just because somebody says something is the industry standard doesn't mean that it needs to be what you do. Yeah. Like, like I think that's 
that's the other thing too about the music industry now is that like I feel like now more than ever it's more individualistic to where like it's like a case by case scenario based on what is best for you. So like just because somebody says that like this is what everybody else does, so like you should do it too. Like that's not necessarily the case. And like most of the time, like you have more power and more wiggle room than you think with these people. Really? Okay. So I think that's something to like definitely let people know. So shout out to that, just because I don't think I think people think. You go in, it's their rule, their ball in the court. You can't do anything. It's dog, it's, like, it's intimidating. Like, like I, know, I know, like, I've been in a few, like, Jay, I went into a meeting with uh, the head of Rock Nation one time. Like, I remember, like, being, like, terrified because, like, his demeanor was, like, very, like, like, just, like, intimidating. Like, damn. Like, this shit was, like, like very intimidating and like in those moments it's hard to like it, it's definitely harder to maneuver yourself because like you're so like stuck on like all right like yo like like this might be the craziest thing that ever happens to me like but like you yeah. shouldn't go on with that mindset i think if, if you're an artist and you want to partner with somebody i think the two things you should be like is like all right in a business sense whatever deal they're offering me like I need to have the mindset that I'm going to make this back times three because then that makes it a mutual, mutually beneficial relationship with you and the record label. They're going to love seeing your face when you walk in because, you know, you're working on on helping them, too. And I think the other thing is, like, you don't have to do everything they they ask you to do. Like, you don't have to work with everybody they ask you to work with. As long as you do whatever works for you and you have the results to show that that works with you, like, don't really worry about what anybody else tells you is going to work for you. I think that's uh, important for any artist out there who's listening to this, you know, listen to the legend here, John Walsh, what he's saying (laughs) out here. It's important. And I think you mentioned a great point about how, you know, you, you get this feeling of like, well, two points, I guess. One you feel this intimidation. This is the best deal ever. But I remember my mom always saying, just hold out. Just hear what everyone else has to say. They might be just because they have some big brand name doesn't mean they're going to be the best place for you. It's like my sister. She was thinking of going to Duke. And it's like my mom's just telling me, it's like she thinks Duke is everything because it's like well named, but she could fucking hate it. And I'm just like, yeah, she might maybe less like this other smaller school. And I'm just like, yeah, I think we get this idea when you have a name, you see all these other artists or people go there you're like i want to be a part of that but right. it might not be the right fit it's important right. to find out what's the right fit for me and will i succeed and flourish there right and like i think the other thing that even i've had to remind myself too is like like all right we only have one life we're only alive once we're only mm-hmm. in the present moment once so like like don't worry about five years from now or like like maybe they'll think i'm too young or too old to be making music like this or like yada 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 which in some cases you might be you talking about popping bottles in the club at age 50 like all right like you might be doing too much but like at the same time it's like all right like like let's not focus on this too much and let's let's make what feels best right now you know Mm -hmm. i think you make an excellent point on that i think it's important to live in the moment and listen to and see all options and not take whatever deal just because of their name and whatever. I think 
people get this idea of fame and pop, like I'm signed with Rock Nation or I'm signed with Atlantic or Sony. And it's like, because like you see the greats and stuff like Frank or Sinatra or the Beatles or whatever. And it's just like, well, that's great, but that works for them because, and also everyone has a different deal. You know, you know, I think people, I think have this idea, like when I sign whatever, it's going to be the same deal as whatever with this artist. No, right. I don't think so at all. I think, your deal is separate from everyone else's deal because maybe, you know, the Beatles deal was a lot different versus, you know, um, your deal with someone. So. Right. And, and honestly, like, even when you look at the the deal numbers that float around in the news, you got to cut that number in half because mm-hmm. that's taxes, that's taxable yeah. money. Exactly. The tax. And then once you, right. The government. Man, artists, man. artists love to forget about taxes, man. It's mm-hmm. crazy. But like, like, you gotta you gotta understand that like all right like this is taxable money so mm-hmm. off rip if it's a million dollars or more divide it by two because you're not gonna see the majority or a, a large portion of that money mm-hmm. um and like once you divide it by two they're signing you for what like three three four albums so mm-hmm. within these three or four albums i gotta make all this money back exactly i think that like even even yeah. thinking about like like uh I remember Drake did a two million dollar deal for like five albums. Yeah. Like people look at Drake now, like that seems like like child's play. So it's mm-hmm. like like now it's like it, it's 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 a weird dynamic to go in with. Cause like you know, that I don't know, you gotta you gotta think about a lot of the extra factors around it. Yeah. Well, I think you just made a good point. Like a $1 million deal and you're doing five albums. Like, you know, it sounds great. Like it's 100 grand an album though. Yeah, like you're not going to be able to do as much damage as you think you can. Yeah, exactly. People are like, oh my God, it's a million dollars. But like in reality, you're like, they're, they're, they're kind of ripping you off. You know, like you're like, you're not making the money that you think you're about to make with taxes and like, you know, everything else and like the budget they give you. Right. I think, um, it's important to realize that because people, especially how much money they're actually making and the money you're actually getting, like, I forget what I was reading this about, but it's something like the artist thought they made a lot of money, but in Yo, actual reality, the, yeah. the, the label is getting the you more money. You gotta pay attention to them terms. Cause like, once again, like you gotta look at royalty rates. Like if the deal says you got, uh, they take you, you get to keep, uh, I'm gonna throw a random number out. Like you get to keep half and they keep half, right? Mm-hmm. That means that the money, and if it says like, like until you recoup, that like that's better than it's the same royalty rate in perpetuity forever. Yeah. Like it's like you gotta kind of break it down and be like, all right, well, if I keep 50% of my royalty rate, that 50% is going into recouping it. Yeah. Like so, like it's not a hundred percent until it's recouped. It's fifty percent. So you have to make double whatever amount that you initially thought that you were gonna have to make. Exactly. It, it, it's a weird. It, it's weird because like, like then yeah. it's like, all right, like I didn't sign up to be an artist to do math. So it's like, ah, uh, well, you did financial for you know you're saying for yeah, it's kind of you for knowing this stuff. <laughs> like, like I, I'm, I'm a little different because like, like. Like my mom was a, was a teacher. She she just mm-hmm. retired, but like she was a school teacher. So her big thing was like, you can't you can't be black and not have a degree. 
So like, you got to get a degree, then you could do whatever, like whatever you want to do. But like, mm-hmm. like I will say the thing it taught me is like, all right, like I got to pay attention to the fine print. Like I, I got to be able to, or even like Shaq talks about it a lot where he's like, don't look at my agent, talk to me. Like, nah. like I got to be able to sit down with my lawyer, break every single piece of it down, understand it. If it's not on the same level, on a similar level as your lawyer, so you understand the exact context of the relationship that you're walking into with these people, you know? A hundred percent. And I think people are going to have to realize that, yes, it might be tedious. It might be a lot of work, but honestly, it's worth it in the long run because you just sign some paper without you taking even a glance at, you don't know what kind of trouble you're about to enter a hurricane or whatever. Dog, I, I've had, I've, I've gone into meetings with people where like they'll talk about like you know we typically do five album deals because we want to have a career-long relationship with the artist and it's like it's like that just sounds like nice wordings for we want to sign you to a slave deal and we don't want you to go anywhere else it's like it's like a, a strange it's a strange dynamic that and like they'll I feel like a lot of the times like people will try to tell you or try to plant the seed in your mind that that you need them more than they need you, which is never the that's never the actual scenario. Like like Mm -hmm. you should you should never go into any deal, any partnership relationship with that mindset. Like, yeah, that's just gonna fuck you over. You know, I 100 percent. I think like you said they like they put the seed in your head and like honestly you're the one that making them the money like i i think people right. forget like artists are the like like you said the slave they're the workers they're making the money and it's fuck how the industry takes the money from the artists this big chunk as well as like the creativity and i think people need to realize where music is coming from and how it's being created and like like these people in their suits or whatever think like they run the shit yeah okay you maybe can get to get the people on these stats or whatever but without my vocals without my knowledge and music theory you got nothing to sell to anyone it's like a car dealer you can't sell a car without to a person without the car so yeah for for sure and and like even to take that a step further like the reason like you get like a kanye west or like you know like one of those visionaries like that is like it's because, like, Kanye West was Kanye West before he got any type of deal. Like, mm-hmm. he was going to tell you he was the hottest dude on the planet, even if he wasn't, and even if you were certain that he wasn't. Because realistically, like, sorry, my dog keeps walking in and out. Chilling. Um, but, uh, yeah, realistically, like, like if you know that, like, like, all right, intuitively, like, there is no other option for me to get to this destination of this goal that I got. And I'm not giving it any, any wiggle room to to let anybody tell me that this is not going to be where I'm at. Like, like, people take note of that. And, like, mm-hmm. that honestly wins a lot of fans over that, like, you wouldn't win over before because, like, you, you move in with a larger purpose and you understand that, any, yeah. you know, any, like, any dude that wants to get in your way, like, is, is it's people not like seeing it? And I think, right. I think you know, to stay on this topic, but to like jump on a new topic because we're talking about like this, the system and stuff. I think you know, and I, I wonder about this. Like, 
what's happening in America, the, the injustice, you know, with police brutality and like black rights matter and stuff. Do you, I feel like, do you feel, or I should say you as an artist, do you feel like artists need to speak more on this in their songs and stuff? And like, you know, and like, even if the label says no, you're just like, fuck that because this is meaningful to me and I'm going to do it. Yeah, I, I would say do whatever your heart tells you to do. Like, I personally don't really speak on that in songs because, like, I feel like whenever I try to do it, like, this shit feels, like, corny. So, like, if I got something to talk about, like, I'll talk about it when it feels like it's not that way for me. Mm-hmm. But, like, like, because I, I, I live in Memphis. I'm in Tennessee. I'm in the South. Like, like this is a city that Martin Luther King got killed in. Like, Like, it's a city that there's there's this part it's all white people maybe two black people and then there's this part where it's all black people and there's one line in between it and mm-hmm. you go to this side you're on one side you go to this side you're on the other side like it's like that cut and dry like that's like just where i'm from and and it, it's like it's like i it's it's a weird relationship to have with it because like like obviously i want to i want to bring as much light to it as i can um and speak on it but like i don't know it's it's just it's weird because like like it definitely and i feel like people gave kendrick lamar flack for like making a whole album about race relations and then like going back when all this shit happened in june july whatever like where he's like it was like kendrick didn't say anything yada 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 and it's like it's like i i feel y'all but like you know, like it, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing to navigate if yeah. you are black. Like, mm-hmm. like where in the neighborhood that I live in right now, like it's majority white people. If I go out and run, like it's been a few times where, like, especially when when uh like George Floyd died, and and then like I could tell, I could I could physically run and, and tell people were a little tense, like. You wave to somebody, they're gonna look at you, they're not gonna wave back. Like, like weird, like little things that that you usually wouldn't notice as like a kid. And then like it started making me have to like like face a lot of like a lot of the things in the past that I, I thought, you know, maybe I'm tripping. Like maybe like maybe maybe I'm just tripping about this and like this isn't real. Like, but like in reality, like it's like. All right, a lot of shit was going on, even in childhood, that I noticed, but I thought maybe it was it wasn't real just because it wasn't being spoken about. No, yeah. And I think I think I don't know, I'm from the West Coast. So hearing these stories and stuff, it's just it just blows my mind and just it's kind of it's just fucked. That's that's just it. It's just fucked for the period. And and just to hear people with look and feel intense, it makes no sense because we're all human beings. And I, and it blows my mind that people can't see that, you know, eye to eye. He's a human. I'm human. She's a human. We're all, we're all, we're just humans. And I don't know why it matters if someone has a turban or a different skin color or something, or like they want to change their sex or whatever. Like they're a living person. So why can't we just be accepting and loving for who they are? Like, why do you have to, like humans, we we like to judge people because if we see something and it's not like right. it's our perfection, make, right? We well, just want. Gonna, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, you go. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say like like 
it's like I, I get the human nature of like seeing somebody and, and making an assumption on them based on how they look because it's like don't get it twisted i'm not justifying any of that but like mm-hmm. i understand from a logical standpoint of looking at somebody and then being like all right since they look like this i need to act like this around them because that's human nature like that's the first instinctual thing that we as humans do like Mm -hmm. we look at somebody we assess the situation we analyze how we are going to treat somebody based off of that and then we act accordingly but it's weird because you know being in the south like like that shit gets twisted a lot so it's like like you gotta you gotta understand i I don't know man it's weird because like the way shit breaks down over here is it's just like different it's just yeah i just it's just it blows my mind and it's like my mom always tells me don't judge a book by its cover and it's like the show like and like even, even after 9 11 like yeah like off rip like you knew anybody even if they weren't uh muslim like if you were wearing a turban like bro like you gonna get searched like like 100%. straight up like even, yeah. even if you're not even from the same country like you're gonna get searched like yeah, like which is crazy it's fucked. My friend is like, he is Muslim. And like, you know, he had a suit on going for a business meeting. And like, they, they of course, they, the TSA is like, we got to do a check on you. It's like, okay, why? It's like, it, because it's random. It's just a random check. And it's just like, it doesn't feel random because it's, <laughs> every, every, everyone who's been going through, you haven't done a random check. But then when I come, it's, of course, they say the, the ringers here. And it's time to do the random check. It's like, right. that's just like, and it's like, Okay, so just because he has a turban on, that means you, you think he's a terrorist. That's so fucked. And then versus someone who could just be a plain white, a plain white person, you know, like like look look at all these white people who've been killing, you know, like all yeah. these sick fucks, you know, from, uh, you know, I, I don't remember the. I'm so sorry, I'm not remembering the places, but like the church, there was one in the church, and then the one with the yeah. orange hair in Colorado with the Batman movie and stuff, like all these. You see more of these white people, so why don't we check more of the white people? Why we have to like. You know, it's like, it's all fucked. And it's like, and I, I and I think the reason, and it, I don't know what the reason, but I think what blows my mind is, is that we know what the issue is and the problem is, but no, and I was listening to some Skizzy Mars song. I think it was All Say or something, but he was saying how no one wants to change. Everyone wants to stay the same. And that, for some reason, that was deep. And I was just like, damn, that's good. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Cause like, I definitely feel like, like if, if you, I feel like I, I as a kid I made the improper judgment that like this this generation's a lot more accepting of all people mm-hmm. and like like there's probably never gonna be another like George Bush or Ronald Reagan type president you know mm-hmm. and like like I was definitely wrong on that and it's like. And it's like the problem becomes a lot worse now because you goes back to the algorithm. If you are red or blue, you are going to see content that is red or blue. Yeah. And man. you watch one piece of the echo chamber. Right. One piece of strong red content is going to start feeding you more of that. And it's yeah. like it's scary because like, like I uh I'm Democrat, but like mm-hmm. I'll 
I, I try to watch everything, even if it makes my blood boil, just because like yeah, bro, I, I try to understand all viewpoints. You know, start so watching can, C-SPAN. Like right, exactly. Like that's what I like. I get my news from Politico, C-SPAN. I'll go to CNN and then I'll watch Fox because it's yeah. like at the same time, like I gotta understand how these people think. So like exactly. I gotta understand how to how to talk to these people and and you know understand like like what is going on to make you view things like this exactly and i think that's and it's just great hearing you know you're like willing to listen what the other other side is because i think we all need to listen what the other side is even if it pisses you off and whatever and i because at the end of the day we just need to learn and understand and and i've been trying to understand the right side i've been trying to see how do you see this man like Let's just take let's take one of the election baits, you know, with Trump and Biden, how Trump wouldn't say he doesn't support the Proud Boys and, you know, the KKK. At that point, I was boy, I was just like, motherfucker wouldn't even just say he just couldn't just say I don't support him. He tried to dilute the conversation with Antifa and stuff. And like and then I see some people, my friends who like um, who like Donald Trump is a good person. What are you talking about? He's just, you know, a little different. I'm just like. And like, I wanted deep down just to say, fuck you, whatever. But I realized I, I just have to say, please explain to me, you know, I, I need to understand why, even though you just heard him just say on national television, this, you know, avoiding the question. For sure, man. And, and like, I, I feel like a lot of, cause like you, you break down, like even like democratic and like republican ideals which is republican is like more like free market and like less government regulation democrats is like you know like the opposite of that essentially like and it's like a lot of these people feel threatened because they feel like their position in the world will change if somebody else if the power shifts when in reality like it's it's never like that it's it's never as whatever as people think it is some people are just like straight up racist yeah and that's not cool like <laughs> like there, there is no there's no excuse for that mm -hmm. um but there are some people that like you know like the people that flip elections like there are still those people who aren't necessarily tied to the left or the right where they're like you know, just like, I don't, I, you know, like, like they don't fully understand what relationship they have to each party and, and they don't fully understand or, or even pay attention to like legislation that passes that affects them that they don't yeah. even know affects them, you know? A hundred percent. Also, I think it's just growing up, you know, if you come from two parents who are just racist and that's all you see in your life. Uh, there's no excuse for the race, but the, I think, thank God for its education systems and pray to God that teacher, you know, cause usually schools are liberal, you know, they're very, or at least colleges and like, hopefully they can change their mind because, you know, if you're growing up racist and then, you know, you go to a school that's liberal, hopefully that school can change your mind because your upbringing, it's like usually how kids are, you know, I was upbringing as a liberal and I probably would be, I feel like even if they were, my parents were Republican, but like, I think it's good to like, also it's good for you 
to start thinking on your own, you know, yeah. like create your own that's, mind. That's so, the big thing. Yeah. You know, just like don't follow your upbringing, you know, like if they are Republican, does that mean you have to follow them? No. It means you can, if you want to be liberal, be liberal, you know, support. I think we like to just, you know, not be lazy, but just like be comfortable. Like if this is what it is, then all right, just let you sign my thing, whatever my ballot and just do whatever. It's like, no, you got, you should read those with, uh, what's on the ballot, read about the people, learn what they're trying to do for your community. And then if you feel for it, do it. Right. Like you should. And I feel like that's the big thing that like, like any kid transitioning into adulthood, like has to understand that, like, like the viewpoints of your parents and family, like doesn't have to be your same view. And I think you got to educate yourself on both ends. Yes see what you align with the most and then make a decision accordingly on that, you know? A hundred percent. Yes. You just, yeah, you worded it way better for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, it's like, like, you know, cause like, I don't know, like I, at this point, I don't, I don't see an excuse to vote for a Donald Trump. Yeah. But I understand the, the, I'm not going to say I understand anybody voting for Trump, but like, I will say, like, I understand that, like, people feel hesitant about Biden for a few reasons. Like, I, I understand that. But it's like, for me, like, he's better than and, and the presidency affects a lot more facets of, like, the government than you would expect. Because, like, that in turn, you know, turns into, like, all right, like, what is going to happen to the makeup of, like, the House and then the Senate and then, like, you talk about like judicial circuits and like appointing judges to certain areas. And then that is going to affect you directly. Yeah. And then like the other thing too, is like, like, I think, I think people always got to understand that you got to pay attention to your local politics because yeah. more than the president that that's going to matter. That is going to immediately affect you. Like whoever you vote, whatever, whatever councilman you got, whatever congressman you got, uh, mayor of the city like all these things are going to directly affect you more than the president could 100 like, percent, yeah that's going to turn into you know like certain ideologies and and viewpoints being held in in criminal justice which is like then you got to worry about that if you're african-american because like then it's like all right like if i get pulled over and it's a low-level drug offense like and i can't afford a lawyer then like you very well could be going to jail for 15, 20 years over yeah. some, something that should be a slap on the wrist, you know? A hundred percent. And to that two points that I hope I can remember is that one, <laughs> yeah, because I'll say one and then the other one will disappear and I'm just like, fuck, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm already losing it already. But uh, so I, I think you. you need to educate yourself. I think that's that's the first point. You know, it's important, even if like, it's going to make a difference. You can't be lazy. You have to actually educate yourself. When you get older, when you become 20, 21, and you start getting to your 30s, it, there's a point where you're just like, you need to learn this stuff and just be aware of what's happening in your community, like you said. And then the second point was, and this is like the whole like defund the police and everything, because like it, it it's amazes me because I like have some cousins, you know, uh, not in America, they're in like in Europe and stuff. And they're just telling me how their police system, they have to go to training for three years before they could be a cop. And here it's like six months or some shit. 
Like, yeah. And it's like, it's easy. And this is the other thing too, that like, I feel like a lot of people don't understand about even the justice system. It's like, if you are a person that wants to do, it wants to be in a position of power and wants to inflict whatever onto, onto people you don't like, the easiest way to do that is to sign up to be a police officer or like, like you can break down wherever your city's budget is and see what percent of that goes to police. And it's like, all right, like if you break it down and you see over 50% of your city's budget going to police and then 2% going into, you know, public, you know, like, like, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like, developmental i guess like public public development um there's an issue with that because then it's like like all right well we're removing the access to opportunities in anticipation of of crime instead of you know it's like putting a a band-aid on a dam instead of you know like fixing the problem itself which is to offer more access and opportunity to people because like the thing is like if you go into a low income neighborhood, chances are you're going to have 50 alcohol stores, bunch of convenience stores, a yeah. bunch of fast food stores. Mm-hmm. No, no way to get like real groceries unless you drive 15, 20 minutes out. And that's going to be a pro- problem for people who use public transportation, you know? A hundred percent, especially house. It, I was learning this, I think it was sophomore year. And it blows my mind how McDonald's is cheaper than going to the grocery store and buying vegetables or fruits and stuff, the prices right. and stuff. So you also see these people in these areas where they're like obese and it's like, you're like, and people are like, what the fuck? Why don't just eat healthy? Well, I can't eat healthy because they don't have access. They don't right. access or I can't, it's too expensive and we need to change. We literally have to change the whole system. And I understand people like if you're if you are conservative or whatever you're like well that's gonna cost billions of dollars trillion dollars in debt well motherfucker we're already in trillion dollars in debt so right. i'm just like let's just go for it like you know what i mean yeah and it's like it's like and once again like you you go into the same like argument of like taxing people that make 500k more. yeah like, and they get they get away with the, the money like they get i don't know how they do it but like they somehow get away with like see let's take trump's tax report right that shit 750 like what like that, sh- that shouldn't that and like you you take companies like amazon who pay a little to nothing in taxes and it's like you got to break it down and look at why that is and then understand that like tax codes are every a lot of things are outdated and then like i i break it down even further than that i'm like well why is this outdated and then we look at the makeup of the people in power and it's like okay, this makes sense. This is a group of people that are old enough to be any 25-year-old's grandparents, mm-hmm. first off. So it's like, like these are people who don't understand the way things work today and are making rules for the way things work today. So like there's a disconnect there. And I think I have hope, not a lot of it, but I got hope that like people our age and like 10, 15 years older than us are going to like, run for political office like more often because like realistically that's the only thing that's going to change it it's just like people young people voting and then young people running for those positions of power you know a hundred percent and i think 
because because that's that's how you lower the debt even like yeah like raise taxes on certain certain people adjust spending budgets there's no reason why we gotta have like like a five or however many trillion dollar uh like like uh army military force you know yeah. like it's just I don't know, man. no i mean you, you're making solid points here i agree and i think it's something that we need to like take more you know attention pay attention to and i think with the hope you're saying is that i think our younger generation is making like you see like climate change let's take for example you see these kids coming out and it's beautiful that they're in a helping Greta and everything and they're coming out to support it. And you see people out here, you know, protesting for Black Lives Matter. It's beautiful because we need we need change. People like to talk, do the talk to talk and post this little like black fucking screen. Oh, and OK, yeah, you, you show you say it. But what really is going to make the fucking difference is you getting your lazy ass up off the couch or whatever and go out there and actually show that number to the police officer that you are tired of what's happening in the world and making trying to show them make a difference instead yeah. of just social media and I, I understand you're posting it and like you're showing i mean that's great and all but i just feel if you're gonna make a difference go out there if you mean it and protest yeah for sure and like like i, I definitely feel like i mean it's like it's like crazy because like it's like almost every black person i know has had like like a terrible interaction with cops where it's like, all right, we got to break this down and understand like what's going on to create this, this dissonance. Cause like on one end, like you might have a cop that's way more aggressive in low income neighborhoods cause they think shit's going to go down. Yeah. And, and it's like, that's not necessarily going to happen every single time you, you do anything or like you looking for trouble like and it's like 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 even i don't know man it, it goes deep it's like even it's like yeah there's there's some like police hazing where like they throw officers like in low-income neighborhoods it's like they're trying to like you know punish somebody for something no and it's like well, yeah well, shit, i didn't know about that but i understand the hazing and the part like taking i'll take a story here back in high school i was with one of my friends and like he's black and we were in his car. He was driving his mom's car, which was a Mercedes. And we got pulled over and I was confused. Like why? Because, you know, we stopped and everything. And the guy, the officer comes by and he's just like, whose car is this? And he's like <laughs> my mom's. And he's like, and then he looks at me, is this your car? And I'm like, no, it's his mom's car. And like, we had to show the light. He had to like show his ID, of course. And then I had to, you know, open, like I forget what it's called, but like, the box, you know, whatever in the side passenger seat, yeah, I get that out for him and glove compartment. There we go. And just show the registration of his mom's name. It's like, what's so hard to believe that his mom can own a car like like a Mercedes and he's just driving it because we're just going to get in and out and get some burgers. Like, why is that so hard for the officer to see? And it, and it's it's so fucked. The fuck part, the fucked up part was he looked at me to ask me if this was my car while he was the driver. And I'm just like. Bro, it's, yeah, crazy. That needs it's to change. True. Yeah, like, and and it's wild because like I, it's like, yeah, even with myself, like, because like I at least have the privilege of being like, like lighter. So like, I, I feel like I, I get the benefit of the doubt a lot. But like, even with me, like, like sometimes I don't. Like, like I've been pulled over before, and like, 
had a gun pulled on me for speeding. And it's like, yo, like that's fucked, man. Yeah, it's, and it's like, yo, like, is it ever that serious? Like, it's like, like, and I, I feel like this the shit my parents told me as a kid, where it's like, hands on ten and two, hello, officer, how are you doing? Uh, you know, like that type of shit might save your life in that scenario. And it's like, it shouldn't have to be like that, you know? No, it shouldn't have to be like that because I know when I get pulled over, the officer, like, because I, I think about that time when my friend was pulled over, he, his hope, his hand is on the holster with the gun, you know? For and sure, like, man. That and, shit and, is- and then when I'm with there, his hands aren't at the holster. His hands are up here. So, th- you know, go ahead with what you're saying. But to me, just remembering the scene, the two difference from, from my, from my skin, my friend's skin, it's just fucked. But, yeah it's like it's like the immediate body language it's like something yes. that off rip is gonna like like make you tense because it's like it's like i can't move too fast like i gotta i gotta hey officer like i got my wallet's in my back pocket and i'm about to reach for it is that okay like because it's like if you just license and registration like all right like then it's like all right yo 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 Yo, chill out with that. And it's like, it shouldn't be like that, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. It, it shouldn't be like that. And it's it's just messed up. And I guess, because we're talking about hope and everything, you have a song called Hope, you yeah. know, on the, is it the EP or album on Monochrome? So I still don't know what it is. I, I'll, I'll well, say pro- Project. Yeah. yeah, Project, yeah. So with your hope, it does that, are you talking about that type of like hope when you're saying, I, I, I listened to it, kind of forgetting a little bit of the lyrics right now, but like you, you, the, the whole point was hope. You know, me and my friends were, were losing hope. I believe that's what it was. Yeah, like, like I definitely feel like that's like, like, because even to give you a little more backstory, like growing up, like I was in like, like a neighborhood that didn't reflect my demographic. Hmm. I was enrolled in private school. So like, I didn't see much of people that looked like me unless I left that bubble. And it's like for all the other kids that didn't look like me that were in that bubble, that didn't expose themselves to things outside of that, you are going to develop a different viewpoint of, of what that is. And like, I felt like I was having the same conversation with like every black kid and just like, where it's like, the older we get, like, it's like the more scrutiny it feels like we face just because of how you look. And it was, it was definitely weird for me to transition as like, oh, like, like that's a cute black kid. to like, that's a threatening black adult, you know? Yeah. Or like, if I'm, if I'm around like a group of like me and four other black people, like, like I'm getting followed now. And it's like, these are things that like, that like just happened and nobody explains to you like, and like, like that is probably gonna, I mean, it is explained to you that it's probably gonna happen at some point in your life, but like, it's weird to to not have that happen and then go through that because you're an adult now and like you are now a threat, you know? It's weird. It's definitely like a weird, and I feel like I kind of, I made that song just cause like, it it felt like and it was it was a time in my life where like I felt like, you know, like like it just doesn't feel right, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and I think, I mean, great song. I mean, great project overall. I, appreciate you know, I really, that. I enjoy it. And like go, even going back to Alice, you know, like, like, you know, I'm lonely college girl, like all those songs, like you, when you make a project, it's beautiful. And I don't want to take away what you, your point here. I'm not trying to like change the subject because you make no, a great, you make a great point and it, it's just, it's just messed up how a white person doesn't have to worry about any of that, but a black person has to have to have it in the back of their head. And I wonder, like you were going back about like anxiety around people and getting older, maybe because like, you know, you're worried of like, because you're in this neighborhood and you're worried about if people like, because they look at you different or whatever. And it's fucked that like you have to feel anxiety or worry and like, you know, just know, you know, I don't know. I, I love you. And it's all good and you're gonna make it and it's gonna be great. And like I know over time with this generation, I feel like things will change. And I know we've been saying that for a very long time, but with the movement right now, I truly do believe good things are gonna happen. I do too. I have and like I feel like Stephen Hawking like said it best, where like they were like like do you think the world is going to fix climate change? And he was like, like, I don't know if he said, I don't know, but like, he was like, I believe in humanity because it's my only choice. Yeah. And like, like, I'm like, all right, like we got to create the world that we want to see. Cause like, it's up to us. So like, like yeah. at the end of the day, like that, that should give people hope and like inspire people. Cause like, like, I know there's a lot of like grants out there in life. I know there's a lot of Johns out there. So like, we just gotta we all gotta link up you know <laughs> like, no and that's why i think it's so beautiful and taking social media to link up and meet because i wouldn't have found you or skizzy or london or brockhampton you know if it wasn't for twitter or if it wasn't for stuff or like, for the og soundcloud right because that's how i found or people would uh put me on people you know that i wouldn't hear and then they would get huge it's social media is a blessing and a curse in in different ways and i think the blessing here is that meeting people like you and other talented musicians and like-minded people who are just like aware of their surroundings and just understand what's happening as well as appreciate life and understand it's so crucial to be in the moment i think you and london have both just talking to both of you and stuff understand that and appreciate every moment you have breath and take and it's truly beautiful to see that yes yeah, side note a circle triangle is and still in my mind like like i might be top five greatest debut albums yeah. ever created like london this is just next level man like yeah. I, I still listen to that shit probably once every other month like it's crazy bro he london is just London is like Rick Rubin. That's how I can describe it. He, I could definitely see that because he is so deep and wise, and he knows what words he wants to use to describe things and the feelings that he describes things. Like even off the like podcast, just me him talking. It's just it's just a blessing just to have someone like that in your life because he really makes you think and in like that podcast i was talking about like a long time ago when he was selling his circle and triangle sweatshirts or sweaters he like wrote a letter to me and just was saying 
shout out to him for writing letters. He could have just emailed me, but he took the time to write it. See, that's like some real shit. And yeah. he drew a little plant with water, which was flourishing. And I think about that every day because we are flourishing in different ways and do and leaves and petals do fall off, but then more, but then they grow again for something else. And maybe one will be stronger than the other. And I do see us as flowers and like we do flourish and grow. And then we'll meet other flowers and we'll just grow all as one. And London truly understands that. And it's great to see the things he's doing. And then also hearing that he's working on utility three and like, I didn't even know that. Yeah. in the podcast, he was just like, yeah, he, he sang the lyric from utility three. And he's like, this isn't coming out for five years. And like his mind <laughs> in that sense, it's like, he's already has do, I don't know if he's finished with utility two, but he's already thinking about his third project that has not even coming out for a while. The, the man, the man's unstoppable. He just puts his mind to it and he just does it. Yeah, man. And, and to even take that, that metaphor a little further, it's like, it's like, I feel like everything in life is like that. We're like, like you can either nurture it or neglect it and yeah, feed it. And like, that goes with both positive and, and negative things too. Where like, you can either, you know, watch them grow or like, or like this, and that's why I'm like, I, I try not to feed into like negative shit either, because it's like, yeah, man. like literally even the, the wording of that, like feed into it, like you are giving it something to grow, you know, a hundred percent. And I think you make a an excellent point on like, you know, negativity. This year, I just realized, you know, and I, I don't think it's mean, but I just the people who are negative and the people who I tried to keep healthy, I'm just done. Like nothing to them, but like for my mental state and for like for me flourishing i can't you can't be around there's no hard feelings like you said we're only here once in our life and like i can't you can't be around that negative energy because it's going to bring you down and then it's going to take away your like inspiration of being happy or your creativity and then it it just ruins your day so it's like you can't be around that energy because in order to flourish you got to be around people who are going to you know push you with positive you know influences and like keep you motivated that's what it is yeah 100 I, I i definitely feel like the older i've gotten the more i've been like all right like it's not like school like in adulthood it's like you don't have to see anybody that you don't want to see and like mm-hmm. if you feel like you're around somebody that makes you feel less confident or every single time you hang out with them like you're like damn like i'm in a negative headspace now like it's like chances are like like you probably better without them, you know, like mm-hmm. they're not offering you anything to grow with. So it's like, like you don't have to go back the next day and like be friends with somebody that you don't want to be friends with. Like, like that's, that's kind of like the, the cool shit about being an adult is like, you can surround yourself with like-minded people that like all have similar ambitions and goals that want to like reach them. And that, that will fuel everybody else's growth, you know? A hundred percent. And I think that's, and also that's how we like artists, that's how we get our creativity, the people around us, you know? Right. Inspiration, um, you know, like it's everything. Yeah. And with that being said, with like creativity, I guess in your music, you know, when you make a song or like we can even take, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about your past music or the present music or like whatever. About whatever. Yeah. Okay. Let's start past and then maybe we'll hit present and I guess let's go back to the first project, you know, 
Well, is Alice your first project? I guess I want to make sure of that. Technically, yeah. Technically, I, yeah. I was making like stuff in, in high school, but I don't, I don't really count it. Okay. I think Alice was the first one where like people were like paying attention a little bit. Paying, okay. So I remember at, something about it was influenced by Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. So what was the uh, goal behind that, I guess? You know, because those songs, I still listen to Bang. I still listen to College Girl, Video Girl. You know, those songs are just the OG, like, <laughs> circle and triangle. Yeah. Man. Yeah, like, it's weird. Like, I do not like any of that music. Really? Because um, it, it felt like I was trying to find proper footing. Um, and, like, it's like, I'm not really like that in real life. So I, I just feel, like, kind of weird to, like... But like, like I don't know. Like, it definitely taught me a lot about creating um, and just like world building. Like, like making something that feels bigger than you, offering an experience along with the music. You know. Mm -hmm. And I definitely your music has changed, and I love the music you're making now. You know, uh, you have a lot of guitar. I feel like in some yeah. of the songs, and so. I really really love that and is that you playing or is that a friend or a producer or yeah so like it's uh it's mainly this dude uh colin moriarty uh who i met through my engineer eric mm -hmm. um and yeah like like he's done i want to say maybe all of it in the past two years maybe okay past three years maybe Cause he, yeah, shout out to him because he, his guitar skills and like, you know, I love yeah. Backstreets Same, and like, yeah. you know, you saw just you it, like, forgive me for the not knowing the lyrics by heart, but like, like your dog and your, I want a girl like my dog. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel that so much because like, you know, I love my dog and you know, having a girl <laughs> who could be on that same level that I love my dog, you know, that's, that's, you know. Share silence with, yeah. Yeah, like, that's, like, that's it. <laughs> Like you don't have to, you don't have to speak to somebody to know where you stand with them and like all that. Like it's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think that's just in your lyrics too, man. Like I like, they're like, they get out of the box. I feel like they're like having something like that. Like it feels really, you, you can relate to the people in a way that if you know what I mean, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's crazy. Cause like, I feel like, my process, like way back when, like maybe like five, six years ago, was like I always came in it with intention and like I'm gonna make a song about this. Where like as like even it's like a complete 180 now, where it's like I'll just like open up my phone and hum or like like make like sounds with melodies and like I try to fit words with the sounds and then like build a concept off of that. Or yeah. sometimes I just like string words together and, and hope it makes sense by the end of it. Yeah, no, I think that's a cool, it's cool to see everyone's like process in music, you know, because everyone's different. Some people could just have lyrics and then somehow work it into the beat or like they hear the beat or like they do the melody. Everyone does it different. And I think, you know, and hearing how it's 180, it's changed over time. And you never know, maybe in the next three years, four years, it's going to be 180 again. It's going to change over time. You never know. That's just the part of growing yeah just great and um that's amazing and you were talking about like how you're going to keep releasing music constantly you know that's the goal so are you like because this was a thing i guess i think beyond i don't 
Beyonce, if it's not you who said this, I'm sorry I said your name, but uh, I don't think she would ever see this video podcast, but she <laughs> does, you know, the story in there that singles are the new thing. Like people are, don't want to do albums because it's too long or something. Yeah, like like I'm definitely part of the same like like school of thought where I'm like, like I definitely don't want to I don't want to make an album if it's not come to me like that. Like I would rather just like follow the shit that feels good to me until there's enough anticipation for an album. But even then, it's like you can create a body of work without doing an album in today's industry. Mm -hmm. And like it is it, it's like the attention span of people has changed over time. And it's like it's it's harder to do an album, even even for like Drake or somebody or like like Frank. It's like like you you see with both of them, even like singles, straight singles mm -hmm. past since since their last album was really like and i feel like that's that's just like testament to like how shit is changing right now because it's like like there it doesn't feel like there's doesn't feel like there's much point of doing albums anymore like it's becoming a lost art form no yeah yeah that's maybe that's why you should do an album though, you know I don't yeah know. well just i think <laughs> it's important to be different you know stand out you know i yeah. think that's super important and like you, you mentioned about tension span. I think that's so true. Kids can only can handle like that a minute thirty or two minute thirty second, you know, songs instead of like a like in back in the old days, like when they have a six minute guitar solo. Like I was showing my sister, it's like an Eric Clapton song, and like she literally says to me, "When does the bass drop?" And I'm looking at her like, like, oh my god, hey, you like, might be waiting for a little minute, <laughs> like, like. Like, oh, <laughs> for real, like when she said that to me, I was just like, God, what is happening? And TikTok, that's a whole nother thing. Like it's people are just getting famous from TikTok. It just yeah, like that shit is shit ain't for me, man. I'm no, I, I, I feel it. And I'm not trying to hate on people who do use it. But like, I just feel like if you're going to make it in the industry, I feel like you got to like, I want people to hear my music through chatter, through, you know, like, like you said, some big fans show another of their friends and then that's how you grow like this wave the shine wave that starts to happen and form like it's so different nowadays how i mean it's great that you can promote yourself you know you don't have to go pay a radio guy or woman to right. play your music or whatever but at the same time it, there's no filter anyone can just drop music you just go to like you know uh i have what's one like i don't know distro kid or something or whatever yeah. and you just like upload anyone can upload music and i just pay whatever and it's you know i'm happy i mean go good for you create music but it's it makes it harder for people who actually want to do this like for a living instead of just doing it as a joke um to make music because like this is all we want and to be successful it's a little bit challenging because you got to somehow stand out from the crowd you got to somehow you know but you don't want to stand out too much because then you don't want to be too weird that people aren't going to like it. It's a whole, and I feel yeah. like this is where it builds anxiety and shit. For sure. Like I, I definitely have to think about that a lot where like, it's like, I don't want to be too out there, but at the same time, like, I don't want to make something that sounds like everything else, but like, it feels like the shit that sounds like everything else gets rewarded the most yeah so it, it's definitely weird but i think 
it's like I, I always try to like when I get stuck in that like circle of thinking or whatever, like I'm like, I'm like, all right, but like when it boils down, like if I personally feel inspired by my own shit or somebody else's shit, like like I really don't think about much outside of that. If this gets me hyped up, mm-hmm. you can't tell me this. It's not gonna, you know, it's not yeah. gonna do Sorry, my dog is in here. No, we love it. Love to hear it. What's your dog's name? Nico. Somebody, somebody just rang my doorbell. So he's, he's for sure. Crazy. Yeah, no worries. But yeah, I think you're definitely you stand out. You know, love the music you make. I think you know every song you drop. At least for me, I enjoy it because it inspires me. Someone who, I appreciate that, man. Who was growing up to your music in high school. Like it, like it's, it's crazy. And that's another thing, not to fan out, but it's crazy just talking to you or London or whatever, because you're all human. And it's just like, we all have the same ideas. And it's just, it's great to talk to you guys and just hear it because you are, I feel like, at least for me, someone who inspires me to want to like, do be my best and create the music I'm truly wanted to be true to myself too you know you do a song called riot you know i still love that song and it's different yeah i appreciate that man yeah i, I definitely feel like i've had a few moments too where like where like I, i've definitely fanned out over people in the flesh and i'm like fuck 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 being cool man like like it's i feel like you gotta like give people flowers you know while they're here and shit like yeah. i don't know man I, I definitely feel like that's okay man but I, I definitely feel like, uh, you know, it's just like we're all humans at the end of the day. So exactly. That's, that's really what it boils down to. I think full circle here is that we're all humans at the end of the day. And with these labels or with these artists or whatever, you shouldn't. Even they're humans, yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't feel this urge of like you're better. Someone, one of my friends was telling me about how in New York, he some LA people came out and the first thing after they asked about their, his name was like they asked you okay who have you worked with because after who they find out who you work with they decide how much respect they will have and to me that's just fucked that you have to go like we're all humans like he's a human you shouldn't feel like there's like this respect level like fuck that right. like like it's weird you know we all grew up you know we came from our mothers and we just grew up and that's it and it's like you shouldn't feel like just because you have this many streams or you have this much money you're better than someone because an actuality you're you're all we're all different in our own ways but we're all same too if that makes sense you know yeah and it's like some some of the most talented people in the world don't have the credentials of less talented people and it's like you can be in a studio with somebody who won 10 grammys and not gel with them like you do with some random dude you know yeah like like it's not really about that it's just about what feels right it's it's really very like heavily intuitive yeah i agree i think it's just heavily intuitive like you said and it's crazy how some people just get off with a crazy one hit wonder type of song for someone who's been learning music for their whole life and understand like the difference of scales and chord progressions and everything for someone who yeah. probably has no idea what's happening in the b they just like you know they're just rapping to it and then they become huge or the producer got lucky and he took a random sound to understand how he got that sound but it works it's yeah. it's it's crazy how it all all it all works out but 
at the end of the day, I think just show love, be respectful and, you know, be also re- be respectful to your elders. I, you know, always <laughs> show that love because I feel like the younger generation is getting a little too hit, too wild out here. I don't want to feel old saying that, but, you know, definitely respect your elders because they have so much fucking wisdom that you can learn. It's crazy. Yeah. And on the flip end, I feel like elders got to respect the young people, too. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. Like I mean, they definitely don't a lot, you know? No, 100 percent. I think it goes both ways, of course. Right, you know, right, for sure. Yeah. Like, that's how we're all going to grow together at the end of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, these, these new kids, man, they be wilding out here, man. Like. Heavy, heavy on some. I was like, even even back then, I was not this wild. Like, I don't know what what's in the water with y'all. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I honestly, man, it's just TikTok. I think I think they just <laughs> they just they just want that fame so bad. Like, they're willing to do anything. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy. Like, and to a point, it's just like be willing to do that to like I don't want to say make a fool out of yourself, but go the extra mile just to get a few more views or something than to respect yourself. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think people need to like realize like fame is in everything, you know, being wealthy is in everything. And um, yeah, man, I, I feel like I definitely had to have that conversation with myself a while ago where I was like, all right, like I don't really care about being like popping. Like if I can support myself and exactly. like, have a sustainable lifestyle and just be happy. Like anything else is just a bonus, you know, bro. Yeah. I think just make, if you can just pay your bills and like, you can live off music and that's your job nine to five, even just being like, right. a, like you, you more you, off rip, you probably are more happy than people that make more money than you, you know, a hundred percent because you have your, you have your, group you know, of you love every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your group of friends doing what you love every day. You know, you're not working for the man per se, you know, I mean, you still have to pay tax, but you're doing what you love. Right. And, you know, yeah, I, you just named it. Yeah. You pretty much nailed it all. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Definitely feel that. For sure. But I think, I think we got everything unless you want to add anything, any, any words of wisdom you want to give to the people on Grantastic? Uh, <laughs> I got, I got nothing. I, I'm bad at everything on the spot, man. I'll be real with you, but uh, you're chilling. Yeah, I, th- I think to anybody that's just like trying to do anything creative in life, I feel like it's good to remind yourself that like it's doable. Like mm-hmm. you, anybody can do it, y'all. Like literally, anybody can do it. It's just like it's up to you and like, like. Uh, you know, don't let anybody ever say that it's not, you know, because that's literally not true. I think that's a great way to end it, John. For real. <laughs> like that was just that 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 was some deep spiritual shit. I felt it. It was great. You know, <laughs> everyone, if you are just learning about John Waltz right now, please check him out. You know, uh, I don't know if you have a look anywhere. Use Apple Music, use Spotify. Use SoundCloud. If you're still on the SoundCloud wave, you're amazing. <laughs> I mean, that kind of died out, but you know, that's great. But honestly, it was it's just great talking to you, John. Um, you know, I, I this was amazing. Honestly, this was great that you could have done this and having you as number two, London, the new shit, man. This is this is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to do this again at some point. So no, uh, I, yeah, I keep was, me in mind. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely gonna have you on Grantastic and ever out in socal or in la always hit me up we can grab a burger or some food yeah let's do it just kick it
Yeah, man. I'll definitely hit you, man. All right. Sounds good. Well, John, you have a lovely day. And you too, man. And keep it up, my guy. Stay hydrated. You know, do it all. (laughs) Got to drink your water, man. Exactly. All right, John. Have a good one, my guy. All right. You too, man. Peace. All right. Peace.